Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Real Talk. Thanks for joining me for part two of the Q&A. Again, I love getting your questions. I post regularly on my Instagram, which is at mindfulhealthicc. I usually post ask me a question and it seems to be really popular. You guys are loving it. So I thought I'd bring it on back over to the podcast and answer some of your questions on the podcast. So again, I'm leaving names out of this just for confidentiality reasons, but I'm going to read the questions and some of the answers and I hope it helps. I hope it provides you with some value. So let's just jump right in. This is part two. Part one is up. You can you can go ahead and listen to it. These questions are a little bit more in depth. So let's get right into it. Someone asks, my 13 year old wants to wear makeup and I feel she shouldn't. How do I handle that? Yeah. Um, You know, sounds like she's uh, she's growing up and that might be hard for you and hard for her, too. (laughs) So I would talk to her about your reasons for not wanting her to wear makeup and be open to listening to her about the reasons why she wants to wear it. Then I would come to a compromise. So maybe she wears makeup around the house, but not at school or when she's out with friends. Or maybe she could wear one item of makeup, like a mascara or a lip gloss, but not a full face of makeup or cosmetics. The other thing too is, you know, as women, we know that that stuff's not really good for your skin. And I know, like, I grew up uh, around people who didn't really wear makeup. And as a result, I don't tend to wear makeup. And I am fortunate to have really good skin. Uh, I do wear mascara every once in a while and some some lipstick or lip gloss, but that's about it. I don't wear face makeup and I attribute that to my really great skin. So it may be something, you know, if she's, you know, concerned with how her, how she looks, it, it's a self-esteem issue, you might want to approach that conversation a little bit differently than if it's a conversation of, well, I just want to wear makeup because it's fun. So that might be a little bit different, but always make sure that you instill the practice of taking good care of your skin and share that with her as well. So, so maybe she wears one item of makeup and you know, that will be okay with you, that, that would be okay with you, but try your best to understand that she is growing up and she is going to push the boundaries and she's going to try to navigate her own independence as an individual. And it's not easy for either of you, but these life changes will happen. So it's always best to communicate. Next question is, I want to travel, but my husband wants to save for retirement. What do I do? Hmm. So it's not clear what the retirement plans are from this question, but just on the surface of this, I would say that, you know, tomorrow isn't promised. And if you know me, you know, my saying is life is for living. (laughs) But how do you compromise when you're in a relationship? So if you want to travel, you could agree to set aside Um, some money in a travel account that you both contribute to. And it's important that you both do this because you want as a couple to support each other's plans and goals. So it's great that he wants to save money for retirement. That's his goal. That's his focus. That's his plan. And as his partner, you should want to support that. But you also need his support in return for the things that matter to you. So it's important that you both contribute to saving for retirement and you both contribute to the travel account. And you can contribute to this account each month while you're still continuing to save for the future for your retirement. And then every so often take a look at it and maybe you decide once a year or or twice a year, you go on a little mini vacation or you go on one big vacation, however you decide to do it. But it's, it's, it's best if you both commit to supporting each other's plans. But 
definitely communicate and uh, work on a compromise. Is narcissism the same as bipolar? No, they present very differently with very different signs and pathology. A person can be both narcissistic and bipolar, but the two conditions are separate from one another psychologically. So that's the short answer there. Um, that's a topic that's very in-depth and I could probably go into the ins and outs of that, but for the sake of brevity, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, next question is, I've asked my kids to pick up their mess and they still leave their clothes on the floor. What can I say? Hmm. Well, it depends on the age of the kids. If they're teenagers, if saying something isn't working, then stop saying something, <laughs> plain and simple. Write them a note. Ask them to pick up their stuff, ask them to pick up their clothes and tell them how much you would, you would appreciate it. And after that, you have to learn to create some boundaries. So if you're still doing their laundry, yeah, there's no way they're going to pick up their clothes because they have no respect for their stuff. So, uh, and they can rely on you to keep them clean. So I would write them a note ask them to pick up their things, tell them how much you would appreciate it, and then create a boundary by no longer doing their laundry and allow them to learn to take care of their own things. So it's pretty simple. Next question is, my dad won't accept my same-sex relationship. What do I say? Mm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm sorry, that could feel really emotional. I'm sorry you're going through that. So I would communicate to your dad how much it would mean to you to have his love and support and be willing to accept that you may not get it. And I know that's a tough blow. And I know that's maybe something that you might need to sit with for a minute. Um, that is a realization that you have to come to. That is something that's just, you know, real talk here, right? I mean, that is a reality. You have to be willing to accept that you may not get it. And how are you going to feel and how are you going to deal with that? But I would tell him how much it would mean to you to have his love and support. And other than that, it's your life. You have to be happy and you deserve to be loved and supported just as you are. So this means you might have to create boundaries with your dad going forward, but hopefully communicating this to him will bring you closer to bed, will bring you closer together. So I wish you luck in that. Let's see. I want a dog, but my wife doesn't. How do I convince her? Mm. <laughs> oh, a little bit of a cheeky answer. But if she's an animal lover, I mean, I would just drive by them one day and happen to stop. And I'm sure once she sees them, <laughs> trust me, you'll be coming home with one. <laughs> How do I work through fear? Yeah, I get this question a lot. Um, my answer is always the same. And it's do it afraid. It's not easy, but it's simple. If you don't try, you don't know. So do it afraid. What basic vitamins or supplements should I take? Yeah, this is a great question. I love this question. So in general terms, um, just to cover your bases, like your, your insurance policy, basically, I always recommend a high quality multivitamin. I really like Vitamin Code uh, by Garden of Life. I'm not sponsored by them. I just recommend them a lot to my patients and uh, my clients. And um, I really love their line. And it's a really good multivitamin. I would also suggest essential fatty acids. Um, it's excellent for um, neural pathways and covering that myelin sheath and neurosynapsis and hair, skin, nails, probiotics, definite must, and a vitamin D. So um, those are the, the basic ones I would, I would recommend.
Next question is, do all of our adult issues stem from childhood? Hmm. Well, the short answer is yes. <laughs> Most of our behaviors are imprinted by the age of seven. However, these behaviors and patterns can be changed if we acknowledge them. It's a deeper conversation that I'll probably do a post or a podcast on soon. Um, but most of our adult behaviors and patterns are things that we've developed as a result of things that we've gone through in our childhood. And that doesn't always necessarily have to mean childhood trauma. It could just be our experiences as children. Um, now, this doesn't always apply. This is the norm. Um, it is, you know, the majority of people, but sometimes we have things that happen to us as adults that change our patterns and behaviors. So um, that's what's a little bit more of an in-depth conversation, but the short answer, how we are as adults usually is a result of how we were raised as kids. So, and our experiences from our childhood. Next question is, I am so afraid to fail in life. Yeah, this is a really constant theme for people. Uh, it's definitely a scary feeling, but if you don't fail at least a few times, then how do you measure success? You know, there's nothing wrong with failing. It's your reaction to failing that will determine your outcome. So don't give up. Um, you know, just keep going, do it afraid, you know, you know, I'll, you know, I'm going to say that, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say that life is for living, do it afraid, right? So don't be afraid of a fall. Just keep getting back up. You're, you're going to get there. Don't worry. Uh, let's see. I want to be an engineer, but my parents want me to go into pharmacy. I don't know what to do. Uh, be an engineer. If that's what you want to do with your life, do it. Your parents have lived their life. They made their choices. They made their decisions. Um, I get that they want the best for you and they want, you know, you to be happy and they want you to succeed. But usually parents want you to do things because they're concerned with how they look to others. Um, they want the kid that is the lawyer or the doctor or you know, they want to impress people that they don't really care about. <laughs> they want to live vicariously through you and maybe have you make decisions that they fail to make in their own life. But it's important to know that they've had their chance. They still have their chance. You know, time isn't running out just because you're 50 or 60. You could, you could go back to medical school at the age of 50, finish at 57, work for 10 years, and retire and you'd still have an amazing life like there's nothing stopping your parents from fulfilling their own own goals and dreams so for them to um, impart those on you is really doing you uh, a disservice and uh, an injustice so I would say it's a difficult conversation, particularly if you're living at home, uh, if you're relying on them financially and you're living at home, um, you know, you've got to probably make some changes. So you can't, you know, take from your parents and then complain about your parents. So if it's a difficult conversation and they don't support you, then you've got to get out on your own, find a way to make it happen, get an apartment with nine friends, you know, share the rent, do whatever you have to do, live on your own terms. But 
don't do something because your parents want you to do it. Do what you want to do. Because when your parents are long gone, it's only going to be you left. And maybe at that time you have a family that you need to support. And, you know, you want to make sure that you are happy with the choices that you make in life. So if you want to be an engineer, be an engineer, go for it. Let's see, what is CPTSD? Great question. That is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. It encompasses the symptoms of PTSD along with other symptoms like inability to regulate emotions, anger, a disordered perception, lack of meaning. So those are just some examples. There are many, but next question is how can I heal from CPTSD? I think it's from the same person. So that is a great question. Thank you. So some helpful ways to explore healing when it comes to CPTSD or complex post-traumatic stress disorder are cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, um, EMDR, which is great, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Uh, mindfulness, so mindful-based stress reduction or mindful-based intervention. Uh, and as a last resort, uh, there is medications. It, I don't typically um, suggest or recommend that as a first resort. Uh, medications are a very serious thing. And if you are on them, you cannot just quit cold turkey. You have to be weaned off of them. So I would really encourage you to connect with your doctor if you are on them and you want to get off of them. But if you're considering going on them, I would really encourage you to consider things like CBT and mindfulness um, based stress, stress reduction, yoga and meditation. So, um, and then also you want to make sure your diet is on point. So there is the, the gut brain connection. So a healthy gut is a healthy brain. So if you're eating all kinds of crap and you're filling yourself with sugar and processed food and on the go foods and, um, you know, just really cheap stuff, you know, stinky food is stinky thinking. So, um, you gotta, you gotta nourish your gut. You gotta get the gut floor in check. You gotta build and rebuild your microbiome. You gotta get some probiotics in there. You gotta get some nutrient dense food in there. You know, greens are an excellent way to start. Kale, spinach, any dark leafy greens are great. You know, all your fruits and veggies, you know, if you eat meat, I'm a vegan, but, um, you don't have to be vegan. It, you know, if you eat meat, just keep meat limited to once or twice a week. Make sure it's real clean, organic if you can. Uh, make sure everything is cooked properly and get in those probiotics. So a healthy gut is a healthy brain. Okay, next question is, my spouse and I have a difference in opinion in raising and disciplining our kids. Any advice? Yeah, great question. So um, I guess I'll answer this in a couple of parts. So this can be a tough situation. So thanks for this question. I appreciate it. Ideally, you and your spouse would have had this conversation prior to having kids. So that said, situations and circumstances do change and evolve and the needs of your children will change and evolve as they grow and develop. So if you want to support your kids with the best of intentions and you want to stay married, <laughs> then you need to compromise. So what does that look like? Well, you might create a plan of action or a reference chart that you keep on the fridge or you keep in your bedroom just for your you and your spouse to review and rely on. Um, 
when conflict arises or decisions need to be made. And so this means communicating how you would handle a situation versus how your spouse would handle a situation and then find a common ground. So you may have a difference of opinion, but most likely the core of the outcome is what's going to be best for the child. And usually you can agree on that that one thing. So for example, if your kids want to stay up until nine o'clock at night and you think it's okay, but your spouse thinks seven o'clock is late enough, you can compromise by saying, you know, well, let's even it out at eight. Or you can say something like, well, 7 p.m. during the school week and 9 p.m. on weekends. So something like that. I mean, I know, I know bedtime is a little bit, probably seems a little bit trivial and comparison to what you may be referring to. It wasn't clear from your question, but that just gives you an idea. Um, and when there's a difference of opinion, it's important that the kids view you as the parents as a united front. So this means that when there's an ask made of the kids, that a decision is made by both you and your spouse. So the kids can't go to mom for a different answer if they've already gone to dad and dad can't, you know, say yes. And mom says, says no, you, you guys have to be a united front. So if a child wants to go to a party, for example, and mom says no, the child can't go and ask dad to get a different answer. So if the child asks if they want to go to a party, the response from the parent should be, thank you for asking. Uh, me and your father or your father and I or your mother and I will talk about it and we will let you know what we decide. So this shows the child that you have respect for each other as uh, as a spouse, and you also have put boundaries in place for them to abide by knowing that they can't play you against your spouse, which is really important. Um, so try doing this. And if there is any display of attitude or the child throws a fit, if you're giving them this answer, then the best solution to that is to just say no. Just deny their request, because declining the ask due to bad behavior will allow the child to learn boundaries and respect. So they can't just throw a fit because they don't get what they want when they want it. And that's not just for children, but that's something that is gonna serve them well as adults. So let's see, maybe we'll take one more question. Let's see here. Okay, my parents want me to finish college, but I wanna start a business. I don't wanna disappoint them. Mm-hmm, yeah. So <laughs> your parents want you to finish college, but you want to start a business. The name of this podcast is Real Talk, and I'm going to give you a real answer. So here we go. Quit school and start your business. Here's why. You can always go back to school. School incurs debt. Business, ideally, if you do it right, makes you money. When your parents are long gone, you know, the path you choose is what's going to make you happy. Your parents can't live their dreams through you. It's your life. So here's the kicker, though. If your parents are paying for your education and you decide to quit, if that's a difficult conversation for you to have with them, um, or regardless of the conversation, if your parents are paying for your education and you quit and you want to start your own business, then do that but you have to work to pay them back. Don't let anyone hold anything over your head. Do life on your terms um, or don't complain. That's just, 
the simple fact. So uh, if you want to do something that your parents don't agree with, but it's going to make you happy in terms of your education, absolutely do what's going to make you happy, but don't rely on your parents for anything. You can't take from them and complain about them. So um, I would have a conversation with them first, and it may be something that they're not aware of. Maybe they will support you in quitting school and starting your business. And that may be a positive conversation, but you don't know unless you talk to them. So have a conversation first, but definitely if it's something that you want to go out and do on your own, then definitely go ahead and do it, but work to pay them back and don't rely on your parents for anything and be proud of yourself. You might not get it from them, but be proud of yourself. So I hope that those questions were of help to you and brought you some value. There's a ton more questions still left to go. And um, I know you really love the Q and A's. So I'll probably do another podcast um, answering some of your questions a little bit later, but I'll leave it at that for now. And hopefully you'll tune in next time. And um, it's a great time to stop. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. This is Real Talk. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.